Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the About Treeview podcast. I'm your host, that guy named John, and this is a special episode because it is a truly international episode. I'm recording live from the Vancouver Short Film Festival here in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. This is the seventh annual Vancouver Short Film Festival, and I am super excited. There are going to be 28 films screened in the next 24 hours over four different programs. It should be incredible. Uh, So on this episode, I do not have a co-host like I normally do, but never fear, dear listeners, because on this episode, I will be talking to the directors of the festival, as well as hopefully some of the directors of the films, and kind of talk about their process and the films that they submitted. And on Saturday night, after the award ceremony, hopefully I can get one of those filmmakers who won an award to get on the podcast and talk about their project. So before I go into this episode, I definitely want to give a big shout out to Kristen Stilling and Marina Dix, the co-directors of this year's Vancouver Short Film Festival 2017. Uh, They were a huge help in giving me this opportunity to cover the festival, so huge shout out to them. Thank you so much. And if this is your first time listening to this podcast, if you want to head on over to patreon.com slash about to review, there are some perks there if you want to help keep the studio going, keep the lights on, and hopefully keep me traveling internationally to cover events like this, because that would be incredible. So on this episode of the About to Review podcast, it will be all about the Vancouver Short Film Festival. After I talk to the directors, I will give a wrap-up of the whole weekend and give you my thoughts and my best of from each program, thusly crowning, after all of that, the overall winner, in my humble opinion. So stay tuned, and here we go. Oh yeah, one more thing. Remember when we were kids, and you would get the Disney book that had the record and the book, and it would be like, when you hear this sound, turn the page. Well, since this episode is going to have some interviews and other bits in it, there's going to be a sound effect before each one to separate it. And that sound effect will be this. So when you hear that sound, it is going between one interview to the next. Hope that helps and hope you enjoy. All right, so I am sitting here now with the co-directors of the Vancouver Short Film Festival. Welcome to the show, Kristen Stilling and Marina Dix. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having us. Yeah, of course. It is my pleasure. I am glad that I got the opportunity to come up here and cover this amazing event. So Here in beautiful uh, Vancouver. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Beautiful and gray. So it reminds me of Seattle. So that is nice. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of a difference. This is a good day for us. (laughs) And you know what? Gray is good for movie going. True. Sun is a killer for movie sales, so we like gray. Yeah, rain is good. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely makes sense. So talk a little bit about the festival in your keynote address, Kristen, yesterday. You're saying that this is the seventh year, correct? That is correct. This festival, its inception actually was as the Vancouver Student Short Film Festival. Uh, And in that regard, it's been going on for longer than 10 years. However, the board decided um, seven years ago to go ahead and adjust the parameters of the festival to include all talent, whether it's student or professional that is here in BC. So we adjusted it. And under this title is the Vancouver Short Film Festival. This is our seventh one. Excellent. Now, how long, Marina, have you been involved in this festival? 
I, I kind of know the answer because I was here yesterday and I heard your address. <laughs> but yeah, tell the listeners, how long have you been involved in this? Uh, I've been involved for the past three, three years. This is my fourth year involved. Um, I started out as the technical coordinator, okay. which I held the position for three years um, <laughs> last year. not a small task in no. a festival this size. <laughs> I, I think technical yeah. coordinator is like the unsung hero of it's any true. festival. I figured it out. I was like, <laughs> well, if you're going to be involved in a festival, technical coordinator, you talk to every single filmmaker. You mm-hmm. meet everybody at the festival. And, um, and that was really cool and valuable to me. I met a lot of filmmakers that I now consider friends um, through that job. Mm-hmm. And then last year, I, I became submissions coordinator. And um, and Kristen was the director last year as well and um, wasn't sure if she was coming back. And I wanted to become more involved in the festival. And I slightly so sweet-talked her. First year that we have co-directors. Yeah, first yeah. year co-directors, yeah. yeah. And how was that so. going with this dynamic duo? Oh, uh, well, I think you called us the two-headed monster, yeah. <laughs> which okay. I think was an apt title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's been awesome for Amaya and Kristen. Like, I, I, Kristen, as she did it last year, knows a lot more about the festival than I do and just how to run it. Um, and so I've learned a lot <laughs> from her and mm-hmm. she's kept me on track and um, I've had different ideas coming in that we've sort of um, worked into the ideas and, and changing up the festival a little bit which has exactly. been really having cool a, having new leadership or change in leadership or change in dynamic always brings fresh ideas mm-hmm. and that helps keep things uh, revitalized and moving forward so uh, very happy to have Marina on board this year to share share all the workload and really <laughs> kind of brainstorm and, and come up with what we want to do with the festival in the future. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And then how long have you been involved with this festival? Were you involved when it was still the student? No, um, I came pretty fresh. I actually came on as the festival director, having never been to a Vancouver short film festival wow. before. Okay. However, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, how was that experience? <laughs> actually really great because even though I hadn't been to this particular festival, I've been involved with festivals in the lower mainland for gotcha. over five years now. Nice. So I came with some experience and um, short films has been kind of a, a little niche of mine. I'm involved um, with the Whistler Film Festival as the shorts programmer and with Crazy Eights. Very good at that program too. (laughs) I just like to add. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, And with Crazy Eights as a producer of short films in that competition. So I was pretty... pretty good background coming into this gotcha um, so it's not like you're coming into it like oh this festival director this sounds fun let's give Just that a try <laughs> right. i think you'd have to be insane to yeah. like right. come into a fest a director job having no experience uh, I feel, with I festivals i feel a little insane <laughs> and I, i haven't been involved in it even though you've been around yeah. it and a part of it for years yeah exactly <laughs> excellent now with the crazy eights that was something that was mentioned yesterday in the q a after the screening I had no idea what that was. So uh, talk about the Crazy Eights because sure. it sounds really interesting. So Crazy Eights is uh, the single biggest kind of film competition and event that happens in Vancouver every year. And it was originally created by the DGC uh, Canada, which is mm-hmm. Directors Guild of Canada, to kind of promote and give access to short filmmakers to a uh, be able to create a film who might not um, have access to traditional kind of funding streams here in Canada. So this is the deal. You pitch (laughs) a story idea. Uh 
it's a 10 minute short you pitch it we re receive video submissions for pitches we had over 200 this year oh, and it goes through various stages of uh selection processes and workshopping until we end up with six teams and then those six teams with the help of the crazy eights organization who provide a lot of in-kind sponsorship mm -hmm. and a uh, lot of support make their films in eight days so three days to shoot, mm -hmm. five days to post, <laughs> and then uh, they deliver exactly eight days after they start. And then exactly a week after that, we show it uh, at one of the biggest venues here in the city. 1,700 people come. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. And see well, those The biggest films. venues in the city. So right now we're at the Van City Theater. Yes. Mm -hmm. Is it here? Since I'd never been here before, like this performance hall is incredible. This it's is one of the best. Yeah. 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 No, th like... Um, one of the films that I actually helped produce played last night, and I was oh, like, uh, just lo uh, I love you so much is killing them. Which, which was a crazy, it's a crazy film. Eights film <laughs> yep. Which uh, you guys can't see, but I was so slowly felt my soul dying when she was explaining <laughs> how it worked because I went through that last year, and mm -hmm. eight days to make a film is crazy and there's a reason yeah. why it has the name crazy <laughs> that it's hard but um watching it and uh, on uh, the van city theater it's just a privilege really it's one of the best mm -hmm. screens in the city in my opinion yeah so. it, is, it is an incredible place <laughs> and when i was fortunate enough to get some of the screeners for some of these in the past mm -hmm. few days watching it on my laptop is great so i could take notes watching it in the theater and we really get to appreciate the camera work you get to appreciate all of the work that went into it to mm -hmm. make these films gorgeous and, and that's why yeah. it's worth doing this festival uh, a lot of times people are like oh you know short films eventually they'll come online why should we pay money to go because mm -hmm. it's entirely different experience Absolutely. sitting in a theater and watching it surrounded by other people and on a big screen it's more immersive it's more engaging and it creates that sense of community so that's why we continue to do this mm -hmm. to be able to l allow the filmmakers to have the opportunity to share their film in that way and for our very supportive vancouver film going community mm -hmm. to be able to experience it in that way yeah, I agree. Um, I think also uh, when you watch it on a laptop with your headphones in or <laughs> on like my horrible free TV that I got when I moved, um, you don't get like the full, um, like as we said, immersion into mm -hmm. the story Absolutely. and into the film. And um, I have a lot of friends in, in sound design as well. And for them, um, it's almost <laughs> um, the worst idea to listen to something with headphones on. So mm -hmm. to play... Um, these short films that don't get a lot of um, play in theaters um, on the big screen, you get that full five yeah. one, like the whole surround sound and, and that experience. It really just draws you into the film even more, which is really cool for, for me as a, a filmmaker to see my film that way. Excellent. So you're mm -hmm. saying with the crazy eights, there are 1700 people yes. in attendance mm -hmm. with this festival. This is a two day festival with four different programs. Do you have an idea of how many people? Because last night, Friday night, sold out. Yeah, and our yeah. closing screening is sold out. And I believe we're at something like 90% capacity for the other two screenings. Yeah. Congratulations. That Thank is you. That's huge. Been pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I uh, have to count seats now. That's so it's a good problem I to have. I was going to say, good yeah. problem to have. <laughs> a testament to the, uh, to the efforts of the team because mm -hmm. uh, 
I, we said this in our address, but everyone who works for this festival is a volunteer who does it just for the mm -hmm. love of film or to be able to support and showcase these filmmakers. And I have to give a shout out to our social media t um, coordinator, Kerrigan, Absolutely. and our publicity coordinator, Jamie, because they do all that work to really push out the news of the festival and share and spread the word. Um, so that we can have these full houses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. Um, I was I was talking to one of our sponsors on um, Friday, and she was saying that all she she's like, well, all I've been hearing about is your festival, so it, it's going to be great. And I was like, well, that's the greatest thing I could have heard. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they did an incredible job with social media. And yeah, and, yeah, and, and, and we've been on the radio radio ads every mm -hmm. morning, and on breakfast television in the event lineup every morning, and on uh, CBC. So it's yeah. been it's been great. Yeah, very well deserved. Shout out to the publicity team and the yeah. social media team. Yeah, they they're doing a fantastic job. Now for for the people, so what are the social media pages that people should go to to kind of keep up with with the festival, not just you know when this comes out, but also down the road. I'd say that the, the best source for information is probably our Facebook page. Okay. Uh, we also have a Twitter and an Instagram. Mm -hmm. We have a website, which is truthfully not the best website. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we are aware. <laughs> We're working on a working new on website. But, you know. Like, I went on your website yeah. and yeah. it was not great. Uh, you, you know run by volunteers so yeah. we're working gotcha. on the new <laughs> website but um yeah our facebook page generally has the best source of information uh in terms of currently what's happening okay. and what's new uh but our website is a good place to go for information about past films or the award winners that type of information the film mm -hmm. lineups are also all on our website yeah and we also have like a really uh, Kerrigan's amazing, and and we have such a fast response time as well. If there's any questions, like you can email us on Facebook or Twitter or our regular info at email. Um, yeah, which gets sent to me. I have a pretty good um, yeah, response true. rate. Too. You do. Kristen I, does. I can attest to that. <laughs> so. It's true. <laughs> She's better than I am. <laughs> so with the festival, uh, now that we plugged all social media stuff, which was great. So with this festival in particular, what is the thing that, that makes this different than other film festivals? Because like you mentioned, Vancouver has a huge film community. So if you could speak on the difference that, that really sets this apart. Absolutely. Uh, the main thing is that we focus strictly on BC filmmakers. Mm -hmm. So every film that submits has to have a BC cast or crew part of the project. And we like to celebrate all the filmmaking crafts. So whether it's choreography or sound design or visual effects or acting, as long as there's one cast or crew who is a BC resident, then their film is eligible for our festival. Okay. And so that is that is makes sets us apart because there is no other festival that focuses so strongly on our own provincial talent here Excellent. in British Columbia. The other thing that I think really sets us apart is the amount of prizes we give away. Mm. Uh, we give out over $12,000 worth of prizes Sheesh. directly to the filmmakers. And we have 28 films and we give out, oh, I, I think it's nine. Uh, mm -hmm. I might want to fact check that how yeah, many awards remember. we give out. Right. It's somewhere <laughs> in the ballpark of eight to ten how awards. How are we in the program right now? Yeah. <laughs> Just to make sure. <laughs> I think off the top of my head, it's nine awards wow. and over twelve thousand twelve thousand dollars worth of prizes. So uh, and you have thirteen some incredible awards. Thirteen awards. Thirteen. God damn it! I'm very wrong <laughs> with nine. 
Well, 13. That's yeah. even better. 13 people mm-hmm. or, you know, 13 different recognitions. That we get we give away prizes. And we have a jury that watches all the films mm-hmm. and then deliberates. This year we had three jury members uh, that covered a range of different backgrounds. So Jason Bork is a, a very prolific director here in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Terry Snellgrove, a producer at the National Film Board of Canada. Amazing. And Brendan Ugama, who is... Uh, insanely talented DOP who is so busy like you could he's constantly booked we didn't think we, we were we were lucky to get him yeah, and he's an alumni work. of the festival so oh, wow. uh, he has previously been involved and we're, we're grateful to have all three of them sit down and discuss all the films and mm-hmm. decide on these prizes that we're going to be giving out tonight so mm-hmm. which is definitely exciting I mean yeah. especially you know going into a festival like this like it was talked about in the Q&A yesterday, sometimes you have no idea when you are working on that project what it is going to be. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, to see it, you know, on screen with the great sound and the chance to win a fantastic prize is pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, can't, can't beat that. <laughs> <laughs> and then my last question. So on the program, there is kind of a, an image of Charlie Chaplin. Oh, yeah. Has he always oh, kind of yeah. been the... <laughs> The mascot, if you will, or is that no, something new? We change our design every year, and this year we wanted to keep it um, like classic, mm-hmm. short and sweet, but like very clean. And um, our incredible designer, Alina, um, came up with this design as well as um, another one, which you can see on our, our Facebook page of a, of a film camera mm-hmm. playing the keep it short um, message. Yeah, our tagline is keep it short. Mm-hmm. And every year we kind of brainstorm just an image that like says that to us. Mm-hmm. And Alina has a distinct style and she came up with this cute little Charlie Chaplin graphic and it's been very well received. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is it's great. Really I love cute. the minimalistic mm-hmm. style. And it's even with that minimalistic style, it plays into the theme of the festival. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Just stick to the basics. When, when I have covered other film festivals, like the 48 hour film festival, you know, he always talked about just keep it simple. You know, embrace the challenge of that film festival, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. and just kind of go with it. Yeah. Exactly. Excellent. So. Now, how can <laughs> people get involved? So if they want to volunteer for this or if they want to be a part of it, if they want to become a third co-director and form <laughs> some sort of crazy hydra at some point. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh <laughs> I'm only, I, I had a crazy visual in my head just now of like a weird <laughs> multi-head being kind of like roaming around this theater space. Terrifying yeah. thought. <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome for that, for that image. Ugh, that so yeah, how can people yeah. become involved? They can email us. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the that's the quick and easy way. Uh, so most of our information about the festival and about any people we're looking for, positions we're looking to fill, mm-hmm. are on our website, which is vsff.com. Also usually shared through our media social media channels. And uh, they can also email the, the email on the website, which is info at vsff.com. Mm-hmm. And someone will get back to them. We usually take a bit of a, a break mm-hmm. as soon as the festival wraps. You and mean to sleep and drink yeah. heavily? <laughs> exactly. Why have a life again? I don't understand. Right. <laughs> uh, but then we will be gearing up again in a few months in the spring for, for next year's festival. Eighth year. Yeah. yeah. Pretty awesome. And then one question that that I ask whenever I cover things like this, if you guys could give one piece of advice for somebody who wants to submit a film, 
what would that piece of advice be? Really so truthfully, that. my biggest piece of advice would be to just do it. Yeah. Like I think so many people feel that it's this big scary process or that they're that that it's not a good fit for their festival. Mm-hmm. We heard from a filmmaker last night at the <laughs> Q&A whose friend won a free entry mm-hmm. and asked him if he had anything to submit and he had a film that he didn't plan to do anything with that he didn't even consider maybe like fully formed mm-hmm. and kind of on a whim was like I guess I can throw this in <laughs> and right. then it became programmed so you never know what's going to speak to the programmers I'd say do your research a little bit to know right. the style of the festival uh, for example we ourselves as a short film festival don't play anything that is over 30 minutes. So if you have a 40 minute film, it's probably not worth your submission fee to enter into our festival. Makes sense. But in terms of content, you never know what's gonna um, strike the programmers and what's gonna speak to them and everyone's different. So I'd say just doing it is my biggest piece of advice. Someone will be interested in seeing your film. Excellent. Yeah, Marina? it's true. Um, I think it's like the most valuable piece of advice. Um, I think doing your research on the festival as well and seeing what they played the year before, before you submit. I mean, I programmers change every year, but mm-hmm. um, we're pretty consistent in, in the, the, not necessarily the style. We, we accept every single genre, but I'm um, just understanding like what the festival typically looks for mm-hmm. um, in a film. But, Again, if you don't submit, you won't know. <laughs> Very and true. It's, uh, and that's it just is worth taking that leap just in case. Absolutely. And um, our submission costs are not very high at all um i as a filmmaker as well i understand that submitting to festivals can become very expensive so mm-hmm. um i mean as a bc filmmaker um in particular this festival it, it's kind of a it's an obvious choice to mm-hmm. submit a short film to yeah. because it is specifically targeted towards them. <laughs> um yeah. so for for me, I mean, it's also just getting your film seen by other people, mm-hmm. right? You never know who's on that programming team. A lot of them are themselves filmmakers, and so you never know. They might like if it doesn't, even if it doesn't get into the film, they might see a part of your writing or your directing, producing, cinematography. Yeah, you never know what kind of doors. You never know what kind of doors it could open. So as Chris, I think, yeah, I even just if the films don't get programmed, yeah. people will often remember favorites of their yeah. own. Mm-hmm. Good point. Uh, and all the, for example, the jury members or the programmers are often industry professionals. Yep. So even just having your film nice. seen by some of those people that are making those decisions, even if it doesn't get programmed, doesn't necessarily mean it's not going to open doors. As yeah, Marina absolutely. Said. And yeah. I, we had so many conversations. Like it was a it was a hard program to come up with this year. We had so many good films, and there was a couple in there that just there wasn't enough time to have everybody that we wanted right. in there. But I know that a lot of those movies that didn't necessarily make it in really struck a chord with a lot of our For programming sure. and us in particular as well. So, um, I mean, that that says something as well to submit to a festival like this. And and uh, Kristen also programs Whistler, and, and she gets to see films before. And so she'll... Mm-hmm. She'll vet a little. <laughs> She's like, I've seen this film. It's really, really good. Right. Yeah. yeah. And but it's uh, definitely an advantage. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's it's uh, there's a lot of like crossover from different festivals that you'll you'll see in town, and so we get to see them all over the place. It's Excellent. Yeah. Now, will some of these films be available 
to watch online? Do you guys ever kind of release them like that, or is it up to each? We pro- don't. Okay. So yeah. the, the main thing is that filmmakers own their films, mm-hmm. and okay. so we ourselves don't provide a platform to showcase them gotcha. because it is it's the filmmakers project mm-hmm. so um typically we let them decide h- how they want to release it through their own channels uh but not to say some some might already be available online now i don't actually know we don't have any rules against it yeah um okay. i don't know which ones are so if someone is going <laughs> through the program after listening to this they can just kind of maybe reach out to that that person or that group directly and be like hey I read about your film. I heard Absolutely, about your film. Yeah. Can I watch it somewhere? So a lot of the a lot of short films once try to kind of complete their festival circuit mm-hmm. and then make their film available online. That's mm-hmm. pretty typical, especially if they're a filmmaker that already has like a channel and content. Mm-hmm. They wait until it uh, co- completes its festival circuit and then make it available. So I anticipate that you will be able to see some of these films online via their own personal Facebook channels or websites. Excellent. in the future mm-hmm. cool and then individually what are your social media uh channels if people want to get a hold of you if you have them or do i have one <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i'm i'm technically on twitter but i'm never on twitter yeah, fair enough <laughs> but uh i am on instagram and okay. on facebook uh just under my name well my my tw- my insta and my twitter handle is at k underscore stills S-T-I-L-L-I-S. Yeah, I'm I'm more active on Twitter. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's at Marina Dix. I'm the only one on the internet. (laughs) It makes it really easy. Um, And then on on Instagram as well, you can follow. um, It's at 10roses, 10roses. Nice. That one, yeah. I should have changed it to my name (laughs) so it's easily (laughs) found. um, No worries. It's kind of one of those hot Sometimes a little mail. bit of secrecy is is warranted. So, yeah. Mar- Marina, only only people that listen to this podcast will have secret access to Ooh, your there you go. to your exclusive exclusive <laughs> Instagram feed. What? <laughs> and You'll this is, this is an international podcast, so it, oh shoot, you might get like four more followers. You're gonna people are gonna be like, her voice is so sexy. Where can I, I, I must <laughs> follow her on a photo sharing. App. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'll try to narrate this, my this photos. This could be your love <laughs> connection. I like see this happening. So it's going to be like, I heard you. You know, there's like Instagram oh, marriages now. Like people like meet wow. on Instagram actually, and then get married. I actually married. have a friend who is like living her boyfriend. They met. He they contacted her through Instagram. Instagram that's so weird wow. to me. I know. Welcome Why to the future, everyone. I know. <laughs> I guess I mean so all you single men out there, <laughs> 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 look up Marina on Instagram. Oh, my God. And Kristen's Twitter is <laughs> kicked. <laughs> but <laughs> I never check it, so I would uh, never know. Would you never have so many misconnections. <laughs> so many. Well, excellent. Well, thank you both for taking the time to sit down with me in the midst of this amazing festival. Thank you, Kristen, for the opportunity. You're welcome. It's and a pleasure to have you. Yeah, and so I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of the films. The after party tonight, I'm sure, is going to be uh, off fast. the chain. Off the chain. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah I know. There, well, we went that there. That was the line that got me all the Instagram followers. <laughs> it was right there. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you, Kristen. Thank you, Marina. And yeah, we'll see you later on today. Thank, thank you. you. So I'm sitting here. Uh, at a beautiful table in a beautiful home of the duo from a film, part of the Vancouver Shorts Film Festival that, of course, you're listening to this episode. You already knew that. 
But their film is Before She's Gone, and I'm sitting with Arun. Hello. That, okay, I was like, that was your intro. Yes, yes. <laughs> Hello. Hi, yes, thanks. And Anna. <laughs> Hello. Arun, so this is a passion project of yours. Tell us about kind of what the film is for those people who have not seen it yet. Okay, uh, um, Before She's Gone is a documentary love story about uh, my grandparents, and they've been married for about 68 years now. And my grandmother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's about uh, 15, 16 years ago. And we wanted to tell the, the story about the two of them and how they've faced Alzheimer's together, my, my grandparents, uh, with a specific focus on my grandfather as in the role of the caregiver. My grandmother was diagnosed, and when they were first diagnosed, they cried for about two weeks. Um, but then they realized let's just make the most of this situation and just keep going with our lives. And throughout the last 15, 16 years, my grandfather has loved her every single day. They sing a lot of songs together. And as a result, he's even been able to almost extend her life. A lot of Alzheimer's patients, they're given a diagnosis of about six to eight years. Mm -hmm. And she has now had Alzheimer's for 16, 17 years now. And Which is incredible. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. And uh, he visits her every single day, sings to her uh, good night. And um, it, it was such a beautiful story that we thought this is a story worth passing along to our to audiences all around the world, especially mm -hmm. as Alzheimer's becomes more and more prevalent in today's society. I think we need more of these stories of hope and love to... Um, counteract the traditional narrative of Alzheimer's, which can get a little, we, we all know the sad, depressing stories. So we mm -hmm. thought this is a story of hope and love that is, is worth passing along. Absolutely. And Anna, what was your role in this process? Um, I, well, my role basically was producer, um, mm -hmm. help Arun organize the film, help a little bit in terms of, of shaping the story at the, the very beginning, um, just facilitate things, mm -hmm. you know, in the, in the film. So basically that was part of the, of my role. And the other part of my role was the um, uncomfortable one, which is making sure that he's not too close. Uh, yeah. in order to lose sight of the story. Um, and one of the things that was, I think, the most challenging thing is that he wanted to, I think he had it, but he was too close. He wanted to um, to celebrate his stance. That's the name of his uh, grandfather. He wanted to highlight his 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 efforts right mm -hmm. and and how much he's done for for the community for the alzheimer's community because he's been very involved like as soon as he realized that she had um alzheimer's he wanted to contribute and, and wanted to help other people and while he was researching for his wife he was also expanding that that love to the whole community so Arun was like i want to celebrate that and i'm like Yes, but let's just go specific and let's just go to the love story mm -hmm. because that's going to spark everywhere. So that was, once we got that, the movie just like unravel organically. Mm -hmm. It just, I mean, it was one of those things where everything was a blessing. People mm -hmm. came in, the story was just unfolding. So it was just that, that, that bit that needed to, and, to happen. And there's a line in the, in the film an interaction between the two of them in the car where he is telling her, he was like, do you remember that you have four children? You have 12 <laughs> grandchildren. You have 12 great grandchildren. And how much of a blessing that is. And 
just kind of seeing it be like, okay. You know, and so like talking about those blessings, you know, talking about just the love and the passion that that he has for this and yeah, just extending her life. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it could definitely be something that not only that person who has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's is suffering from, but it affects so many different layers and so many different people around them. So to see Stan's just triumphant, you know, just triumphantly going through that is is incredible. Well, thank you. And that was um, a lot of that has to do with Anna, actually. When we first went out and shot a bunch of footage, um, it was they, uh, my grandparents were being honored by the Alzheimer's Society of BC in their annual Walk for Memory. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, what a, what a cool event. Let's just go out and film it. And so, but I didn't really have a particular story in mind. And as soon as we, as soon as I showed the footage to Anna, she said, oh, this is not a film about Alzheimer's. This is a love story about mm-hmm. your grandparents. And as soon as she said that, I thought, oh, okay, that's, that's the story we're trying to right. tell here. Uh, we didn't want to make a, a sad, depressing film because I think we all know the tragedy of Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. but what we don't see is the other side of it. It's, Absolutely. is how you can still find hope, how you can still find love. And that's, is, that was the story that we wanted to show. That was the story that we wanted to tell. And I think that's the story that we need to hear, especially it's, it's amazing how many people have come up to me and said, um, oh, my, my mom, my, my dad, my grandfather, my uncle, they have Alzheimer's. Um, but thank you for showing us this film because it's, it's now a way for us to, to handle this, a way for mm-hmm. us to deal with this. It, this is a message of hope and love. And for us, that's been the most rewarding part out of, out of all of this whole process. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine that the editing process of this uh, was easy, both from shooting hours of interviews you know, with your grandfather, but also with the amazing amount of archival footage that was in this short film. So with your editor, and I know that you worked alongside them a lot because, you know, to try and get that objectivity, to, you know, try and not necessarily disconnect in a, in a dispassionate way, but just recognize that paring down. So can you talk about that editing process with weaving in that archival footage? I think that um, the one who was actually in the editing room was Arun. I got the, the easiest and most difficult job which is like, I don't like it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Make it tighter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but we did have um, a good friend of mine, and I'm going to let Arun really talk about this process, sure. but I just want to say that Nadim, who was the person who, the editor who actually did a great job, he was very hands-on. He, he didn't, normally, in my experience with Nadim, because I worked with him before in other projects, mm-hmm. he tends to leave the director to actually call all the shots. Gotcha. And this particular time, he's like, well, <laughs> <laughs> right. I think I'm going to get in here more than I should. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was critical to help Arun um, tailor and shape because there was indeed a lot of material. Um, I just... I just sit back and and watch the cuts and and get into the <laughs> into the arguments and and mm-hmm. just like send the cut back um, to do further shaping. Mm-hmm. But Arun and Nadim were really spot on from the beginning. It, it was it was fantastic the way they both worked together. And I just didn't even feel I need to be in the editing room at mm. all. Yeah, I, I got to say, Nadim was instrumental in helping to uh, shape the story. He he approached this actually as a, almost like a, a narrative f- type of film. 
uh, in terms of what are our three, what's our three act structure? What's our mm -hmm. rising action and falling action? Mm -hmm. What's our? He's a big fan of the of the series Save the Cat, and he broke it down quite specifically on, on these are the specific, these are the story beats we want to hit. And so once we had that structure in place, it became I don't want to call it easy, but it became almost effortless because um, just because we had so much rich material. Um, that once we knew where to place the material and, mm -hmm. and how to put it all together, it became a lot of fun just to put it all together. And I trusted him enough to uh, say, okay, just go ahead and play with it. And he saw, he sent us the first couple of cuts and we thought, okay, this is, this is great. This is exactly the direction <laughs> mm -hmm. we want to go. And then um, we just, we, uh, we went from there. I was more in involved in when we, <clears throat> when you went into shoot, I really was very, adamant and absence hmm. I wanted to shoot the absence and I, I was really like the day before we were shooting I was like Arun we need to get the absence we need to get spaces where she's not there mm. we need to get that 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 room where she is just like not there not not um, all the spaces that she left empty yeah. right and then we got our cinematographer Greg Brown who's here as who, well who, who happens to be here who happens to be yes. here <laughs> and um, we've worked with him many times before there was an awesome tap out just uh, now for the listeners I'm going to you know paint the picture between the, the switch out so <laughs> so so I mean so so it was really good to work with him because he's very intuitive as well so um so that was really good and and when i said hey like i was like because everyone was shooting the interviews and whatnot i'm like the absent the absence i need the spaces where she's absent and then and then um greg had this amazing shot in the the stairs the stair shot yeah. which i thought was fantastic because it just captured the that element of of, of she's not there which was for me critical mm -hmm. it's just because it actually strengthens um, um, Stan's intent. It's how he's feeling those spaces and the way he's doing that is by being loving. Is by mm -hmm. this movie actually is a celebration of the moment. Like living one moment at a time when everything is missing. Yeah. Right? So uh, I, 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 that, that collaboration with our cinematographer was just amazing yeah speaking of cinematographer welcome greg <laughs> hello i'm gregory <laughs> so speaking of the cinematography there were definitely you know moments in this film where there was one where he talks about stan talks about you know the days are easy you know but the nights is where it was difficult and there was definitely a really good choice that you made where you just kind of showed him in his living room just kind of walking there what were those moments like for you in those moments of just kind of absence, like Anna said. Well, that this movie in particular was funny for me because um, my partner and I at the time, I, I was working with a really great cameraman named Bjorn Hermanes. Mm -hmm. He's a, a great documentary cinematographer mm. as well. Um, I had, I think I'd seen that shot before from the stairs, and that was, I think that was him who shot it. He expanded upon it later in the day when we were thinking about getting those empty spaces. Mm -hmm. But uh, Bjorn and I, 
um, like that day even and that week had been shooting an action film all week <laughs> so we'd been okay, in a little, little change of pace very maybe. different headspace <laughs> and like we, we'd been doing some epic hours on that so we, we came into this movie in a bit of a daze and uh, we're just like we have to like like Arun had booked this with us and we're like yes we're gonna do this we're, mm -hmm. we're committed to making this happen like we'd shot the uh, the, 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 the run uh, for Alzheimer's like, uh, like a month before or something like that so we were in um, and yeah, so we were just kind of like really double teaming it and just like taking that house apart, essentially, just like, mm -hmm. um, while I'm downstairs, he was upstairs and just like, just finding those empty spaces, finding those shots on the wall, getting all the photos and just getting as much coverage as possible for them to be able to make the movie out of. Cause we got the brief like driving in of like what they were trying to do. And then it was just trying to realize their vision. And a lot of those beats like hit because of the editing and because of their choices in post. But um, we just tried to give them as many options as possible based on what they were telling us. Yeah. And this this film is beautiful. So it, it is shot incredibly well. And I really liked, you know, we talked about the archival footage, mm -hmm. but also the, the use of a GoPro, you know, where there are some shots in the car that are incredibly candid. And those are those moments that I think are the most incredible because when you have a camera in front of someone for the most part you know it changes their demeanor and so having the gopro just kind of sitting there was incredible and just kind of letting that moment breathe letting the audience just kind of be absorbed into those spaces mm -hmm. and that was one of the interesting ones because for a while you know a lot of the film focuses on the absence next to stan this one was the opposite stan was absent in this moment in the car and then there's actually, you were saying earlier, right after the screening, that there was kind of a, a funny situation <laughs> that happened. Well, what, what's really interesting is that, and, and you can see it in the, in the film, um, Greg is out, actually, he's in the shot. Mm -hmm. The car, Greg is out, Aaron is out, I'm out because I'm in the shot. And, and then we were actually organizing things. And then the, the sound designer, she's still wearing the headphones, right? And still the mic is on, we're not shooting. Mm -hmm. And then I see the sound, I see her like almost crying and I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> so she's like, come, 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 come here. You have to, you have to listen to this. Um, Shirley's asking, where did Stan go? And then she's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So she starts singing. Mm -hmm. And it's this beautiful song, right? And I'm like, wow. It, it's kind of this thing where, where Stan understand her so much. And they have this communication where she knows mm -hmm. that singing is calming, right? And there were so many beautiful moments where, where either Stan is talking and we're all like so silent because either <laughs> we're holding our tears back mm -hmm. or we're holding our laughter back right. in order to really make it through the day because mm -hmm. we're shooting, right? And the candid moments in the film just happen to actually highlight um, the trust environment where Shirley is developing her her disease, her mm -hmm. illness. She is sort of, um, Stan had built this, this, this net for her where she's, of course, she's suffering from Alzheimer's and of course it's deteriorating, but there is a safety, emotional safety mm -hmm. net that allows her to, to be. And I think that's part of the success why she's been like 15, 17 years still going, right? Yeah. Now, Greg, when you were shooting this, what were some of your moments behind the camera where you kind of had that same reaction, where it did kind of hit you, you know, 
maybe to the core a little bit and you have to have that objectivity like we talked about and just let those moments happen i guess especially on those days where we had like like three or four hours meeting with stan and then doing an interview and then going to visit shirley and then we only have so much time with her Mm -hmm. and just like getting as much as possible it was literally to be as objective as possible so there there was like really like just kind of playing with whatever we could do because i had i had i had my fs 700 and then we had the gopro and it was just creating as many opportunities as Mm -hmm. possible to actually get something and that was the idea behind the gopro just to have that rolling the whole time and we we thought this would be a great place for them Mm -hmm. to be interacting i think maybe stan told us that like they they talk in the car so it's like Mm -hmm. cool let's get a gopro in there and then that's separate from us and we're just have that rolling um like for the for some, like my favorite shots are, are when we're in the uh, in the home, and like there's only so many ways to shoot a woman in a corner. So like literally, we're just there, and I'm just I'm just trying everything that I can possibly think <laughs> right. of in this moment to just try and make an interesting shot. So I was like so like amazingly pleased when I just randomly like just had the rest of the camera. It's like I don't have any still shots. I've been doing so much handheld, mm-hmm. just resting it on the table, and then just like pan it slowly, and then this man just randomly is getting. Yeah like just pushed pushed in with his wheelchair and just like nothing describes the scene more or sets us in the world than like that shot Mm -hmm. it's like perfect it's just like and it's just from being there and just like constantly trying new things out constantly and just like never never resting because you only have this short amount of time with them Mm -hmm. excellent uh one of the other stories that i wanted to for the listeners to hear because i've already heard it and i already saw it uh (laughs) So when Stan, he gives this amazing analogy with cutlery on his lap. So, Arun, maybe you want to talk about kind of that that story behind that. Well, it, it's funny. We, I think we, we'd been shooting for a little bit still, and I, and I said, well, is there anything you want to pass along? Is there anything you want to say? And he, he immediately, he doesn't say anything. He just gets up, goes to the kitchen, and comes back with a bunch of cutlery. <laughs> And we're looking we're like, what, what the hell is going on here? And he immediately starts going into this metaphor and he starts talking about when, when he first gets married, you're like spoons. And then after a while, you turn into forks. If, if, if you don't love each other, you start poking each other. And then if you're not careful, you turn into knives. And all of a sudden we realized, and he's showing us all in front of our eyes, this stunning, beautiful, simple, but just so poignant a summary of how he views his marriage and views his relationship in terms of cutlery mm-hmm. and how he wants to be spoons and how he is still a spoon with his wife and how they just fit together so perfectly. And it was such a beautiful moment. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget it. And it was completely unplanned. Oh, totally, totally unscripted. We had wow. no idea it was going to come out. <laughs> he just we, goes, leaves and comes back. Yeah, he back just leaves and comes back. Forks, spoons, yeah, and knives. You can tell by the camera work. Oh, yeah, what's he doing? <laughs> so, some just, surprise. Just like chasing it. Like, yeah, is he like, going oh. wide? Am I going tight? Like, <laughs> it was, and, it, and it was so good. I thought, okay, let's do that again. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he ended up doing another take. and But it was just, it was one of those moments. You, you, you don't really plan for it. Mm-hmm. We had no idea that was going to be in the film at all. But it was, it was too perfect to pat. To, uh, to pass up and 
and a lot of and we a lot of people that see that see the film that that's one of the the key highlights that they take away from it. And there's something that I, I'd like to add. Uh, we got married in in, in March oh. last year, mm-hmm. and uh, we got our wedding present, and uh, we got Stan's wedding present, and we opened the present because the box looked weird. <laughs> and okay. What he got us actually were spoons. Two silver spoons. Yeah. Wow. Two silver spoons, and that was really touching. And one anecdote that I can share with you was that... Um, in one of the uh, usual fights or arguments that I have with my husband. <laughs> right. Um, he as, said, as production partners. As production right, right. partners mm-hmm. and partners. Good save, Greg. <laughs> like, if, you, if you're married, you would, or, you know, mm-hmm. or taken, you would understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, like, we were having one of those where I'm like, oh, I don't know, whatever, blah, blah. And he's like, you are being a knife right now. You're not wow. being spoon. And I just looked at him and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, Mm. right now, and it really pissed me off. (laughs) Right. Because it actually made sense. Yeah. Right? Like, it, it, but I would love to say that I was melted and no, it pissed me off. Mm -hmm. Because it it was, it made sense. He was Mm -hmm. bringing something that that we bought both. lived through the shooting and, and, and had an emotional reaction when Stan was telling this. But it was funny, though, and um, I think that <laughs> it's becoming a metaphor in our, in our life as partners. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> For I mean, I think it's a good thing, but yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a reference. It's a reference that we actually aimed aimed for sometimes successfully sometimes not so successfully i mean that is it is definitely a metaphor that as soon as i saw it it made sense and it just you start to think about all of the relationships you have whether it is friends family and so just it will stick with me forever like that was an incredible moment and the fact that it was just unscripted that that was something he obviously had been thinking about and processing for however long but it took that chance it took that opportunity in that moment for him to share that story and as producer you might understand when you see your subject almost 90 years old walking into the kitchen coming now <laughs> coming out with a ton of cutlery mm-hmm. <laughs> shaking his hands you go like in panic mode right you go like whoa what's going on here so that was really funny because it was set up a, as a really dangerous moment mm-hmm. and then uh, being one of the most inspirational moments that I think we, we had as, as partners and, and, and creatives working together. Fantastic. Uh, I just want to give a, a couple quotes uh, from the movie that, again, we were talking about the spoon or just the cutlery analogy that will stick with me for the rest of my life, you know, yeah. through just so many relationships, like we were saying, with friendships mm-hmm. and family and everything that just... It just makes sense. Uh, some of the other lines was that he said, as Arun talked about, seeing the other side of the Alzheimer's struggle. Mm-hmm. We have seen documentaries. We have seen all those things talking about that, that kind of depression, but to see the other side. And Stan, one of the things he said was his job is to hold their hand and warm their heart. Mm-hmm. You know, so that is so important because this person is struggling. They might not recognize it. They might not know what type of struggle they're going through but his job the job that he chose to give himself was just hold a hand warm the heart just moment by moment was was amazing thanks and i I think he he summarized it nicely especially with alzheimer's 
uh, patients and people that suffer from this mental disease, all they have is the moment. Mm -hmm. The past is a bit of a ghost to them. And the future is something that they can't really comprehend. So yeah. all they have is the present moment. So if that's all they have, let's, let's make the most of that moment. So let's hold their hand. Let's warm their heart. And let's, t as he, t he tells her almost 20, 30 times a day, I love you. Mm -hmm. And for her, every single time, it's brand new. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's, it's hard to comprehend but for them, it, it's so special and so meaningful. And, mm -hmm. and, if, and, if, and if all they have is that moment, my grandfather, Stan, he, he seizes that moment every single day. And that was really the big motivation behind this film was to pass that message along. Fantastic. Now, we are seeing this, or I saw this, uh, at the Vancouver Shorts Film Festival. Where is it going next? Uh, good question. Uh, we've been uh, picked up. It's called the um, Living with Alzheimer's Film Project. Okay. Um, we were accepted about a month ago, and they've agreed to um, hold off on releasing the film, I think, until this weekend. Um, so it's going to be on their website, and it's a showcase for short films uh, about Alzheimer's. Um, so it'll be on there. Um, we can pass you along the link and yeah, if you want to watch it. I think it's on my Vimeo page as well. Um, and... We never made this film to be for film festivals. We we really wanted this to get out into the public um, and passed along as many people as possible. Um, this was not a film that was meant to um, for our own gain. This was this was meant for families, for friends, it's for a anybody. Passion project. Yeah, a real passion project, and anybody that's that's ever had um, that's ever come in contact with Alzheimer's. This is we made this for them. Um, so. We want it online. We want it free to free to watch, free to free to pass along to everybody else. Fantastic! So we we'll uh, we'll send you the link, um, and we'll get it. I think it's up now, actually. Nice. And, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, pa we'll we're happy to pass along. Excellent. And then one last question. So we've talked a lot about the archival footage because I I found it fascinating. Now, when you're growing up, do you remember? people having cameras around at family functions all the time or is that something that you were kind of surprised with that they just found this archival footage was that something that you remember i remember we always had video cameras in, in my family whether it was my uncle whether it was my dad and it's funny looking back on the film i i didn't quite realize until even a couple of weeks ago but my grandfather shot film in 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 our documentary my dad has footage in there and mm -hmm. i have footage in there <laughs> so it's it's actually three generations of our family that is awesome. are all behind the camera in this film in, in addition to our cinematographer uh, greg um so it, it's i remember asking my grandfather well do you have any old footage you could give to the film mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden he's like well okay, here's 10 videotapes and here's <laughs> three photo albums and here's eight reels of eight millimeter film Jeez. from the 1950s <laughs> and one of the coolest things about this whole process was digitizing all of the eight millimeter mm -hmm. uh, film reels and then showing the film to uh, my family and they they had never seen this footage before amazing um so it was it was almost rediscovering their their family roots for the very first time and that mm -hmm. was really one of the highlights uh of, of this whole journey was was being able to showcase uh, all of this footage that had never had never really seen the light of day before. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So the movie is Before She's Gone, 
Uh, I will definitely put a link in the show notes so people can view it. I highly, highly recommend this. And again, this is not, and I hate to say the typical, you know, type of documentary about Alzheimer's. This truly takes a different approach. And this shows the love and shows the compassion and shows the laughter that can still be had and the life that can still be led with someone with a disease like this. Um, I, I just want to add something that was pretty impressive for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we got married in Peru in March, mm-hmm. and we went, we, we took um, um, a group of Canadian dear friends and family to Peru, and we went to Machu Picchu, the Incas ruins, wow. and um, the city is at a very interesting altitude, and Stan joined. Joined, wow. he went to, he's 90 years old, he went to Machu Picchu, that is not an easy climb no it's not (laughs) it's freaking not an easy climb i encourage your um audience to try Mm -hmm. it and then um he joined our wedding um party i will show you the pictures following Mm -hmm. this show and he danced till 2 a.m in the morning with lots of wonderful joy and happiness because he loves life Mm-hmm. because he enjoys life and and i think this movie is 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 that it's a celebration of Absolutely. life in the midst of tragedy tragedy mm-hmm. because we have to say it but he's the embodiment of, of of that so um what he showed us is that it is possible to to live a life and to still take care of the ones you love. So so we really do hope that people take that away because we did take that away from from, from our experience shooting the film. Mm-hmm. For sure. There was that uh, 70 year old man just asking him for tips. Oh, that 70 year old man just asking him for tips <laughs> oh, the whole night right, at the yeah. wedding. Yeah. Tips on? Living. Oh, living, okay. <laughs> living as long like as he on. does. Well, at some point he was dancing and everyone in the wedding just surrounded him and started <laughs> yeah. like, uh, we, will awesome. show you, we will show you pictures because this is for reals. And everyone was just clapping and he was dancing with a friend of mine who dances flamenco. Mm. And they were both going insane in the dancing. And I mean, there was a mix of laughter and tears and inspiration and mm-hmm. seeing this man uh, telling us by action, mm-hmm. by by example, how precious life is. And, and it was it was hilarious. I mean, it was hilarious inspiration. It was everything. So. So yeah, so if we can, if we captured half, fifty percent of that in the film, we mm-hmm. actually feel well served. <laughs> We've Excellent. done our job. <laughs> so then, kind of going around the table, Greg, where can people find you on social media or some of some of the work that you do? Do you have a website or? Yeah, yeah. Um, my website's gjbdop.com, and you can find my work Instagram at imageworks at imageworks. And you can find my alternative <laughs> Instagram at daft <laughs> underscore devil. To, to the left of me, I was like, the, the other two are just laughing as you're trying to think of all the places for people to find you. You can you can see many raw photos of Arun Fryer on my alternative Instagram. Fantastic. Arun, where can people find you and, of course, this project and, and all the other work that you do? Uh, I only have one ID. Wow. <laughs> it's... Uh, uh, at Aaron Isarun, uh, A-A-R-O-N-I-S-A-R-U-N. If you Google that, you'll find me for sure. 
Uh, my next project, actually, I have a feature film that I produced called Cadence. Excellent. And we have our U.S. premiere coming up at CineQuest on March 1st. If you're down in the San Jose, San Francisco region, please look us up. We have four screenings coming up. We just had our uh, world premiere at Vancouver International Film Festival. Nice. Where we won the Must See BC Award as the wow. most anticipated uh, BC film. Uh, we sold out all of our screenings up here, and we're excited to continue that down below. <laughs> and um, yeah, please check us out at cadencethefilm.com. And um, please, please, please join us. It should be a lot of fun. Fantastic. Anna? So, how um, many do you have? Well, how am I going to be able to match this? <laughs> right. um, well, there is five versus one. Yeah, and so. Absolutely. Um, I, uh, I do some interviews with amazing, empowered female voices in pocketlife.tv. Mm-hmm. And I have a channel called Anna Go Wild. And I, it's every Sunday at 4.30, again, in pocketlife.tv. Uh, amazing women talking about empowerment and, and wild dreams and wild adventures. And I'm also working on a project called The Panties Project. It's a okay. global forum for women to share real stories. Um, that is coming soon, so stay tuned. And yeah, that's it. Just, Excellent. Just a couple. <laughs> right. And I will put all of those in the show notes easily accessible to everyone so thank you arun and anna thank you john for for not only being on here it was a pleasure (laughs) but for uh having this interview uh in your in your wonderful home anytime anytime we'll have more popcorn coming up (laughs) (laughs) that sounds great and greg thanks again uh the film looked gorgeous and so i i'm excited for people to see it Oh, by the way, I got to say, uh, yeah. Greg also colored the film as well. Beyond shooting it, he also had a big hand in post-production and helping Excellent. just give it its overall shape. And I got I, I to give Greg his, his credit. Well, thanks, friend. And he joined the <laughs> catering with lots of enthusiasm. So that's also something that remarkable. There, that there was catering? And there was <laughs> catering. And we had Indian food that you really enjoyed very much. Mm. And also uh, Nadim. So and Nadim, Nadim oh, as, as I wish editor. Nadim could be here because he was such an integral. Oh, part. he's a joy. He's yeah, he's a real treat. I I hope he listens to this one day, and I I, I know he'll be smiling. Hopefully, that one day is uh, on Wednesday when it is released. Oh, great. So <laughs> and he is alive by the way because it sounded like oh right. <laughs> he was like well, long gone. Hopefully, hopefully he, he will is listen to this. very much alive <laughs> in Victoria. Still alive. He's still a great man. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. I'm now sitting down with the producer and director of the now award-winning uh, short film called Run. Welcome to the show, Ilad Zadok. Thank you very much. So tell people about this amazing film that it is now Saturday night, uh, post-award ceremony, and your pockets must be heavy from all of these awards. Uh, I think they gave you a sash at one point. So... <laughs> <laughs> Wish I got a sash, man. That would be incredible. It would be it would be pretty fantastic. So yeah, so this film. Yeah. Tell us um, about it. So Run is a short psychodrama that takes place in the world of uh, elite triathlon. Mm-hmm. And it tells the story of Tristan, who's a uh, professional triathlete, who has to confront some of these traumas from his past. And as they kind of unearth, he falls deeper and deeper into kind of this mist of craziness mm-hmm. yeah this film was was gorgeous so where w- where did you guys do 
a lot of the primary shooting? Uh, so we shot in and around Vancouver. Um, okay. There was a lot of uh, local facilities and a lot of support from the triathlon community in the city of Vancouver. Um, we shot at Catalyst, uh, the Catalyst group, Catalyst Kinetics group. They were mm-hmm. fantastic and kind of opened up the doors for us to shoot. The, awesome. Like they have an amazing endless pool yeah. set up over there, <laughs> which was just sweet. And mm-hmm. uh, incredible gym facility. Um, uh, and we shot at Jericho, the same beach that the Olympic triathlete, uh, right. was in Vancouver a few years back mm-hmm. was held. Um, and then there were forest scenes also. Yeah. Like... Yeah. All, all in and around Vancouver. Um, Vancouver was kind of a major influence and role in, in writing this project and, and just kind of breathing the air and, and kind of the life into it kind of inspired a lot of it. Uh, from the writing point of view. Excellent. Now, when I was watching this film, so I was fortunate enough to see this twice because uh, mm. I saw it on a screener a few days ago and yes, then sir. watching it you know, tonight mm-hmm. with the whole crowd and just hearing people's reactions you know, to a film that does not have too much dialogue you know, mm. for, for a film this length, but knowing that people just, they felt compassion for the character. They felt what he was going through that's fantastic because i'm like i always i'm wondering what people's reactions <laughs> were <laughs> right first time i'm actually seeing it on a big screen really and and how does that feel uh it was great it was it's uh i we've played in a few other festivals and mm-hmm. our, our writer uh and lead lead actor theo uh got to premiere the film in london uh, oh wow on a private screening and then later in york as part of the aesthetica film festival um uh, and had like a great evening and a great screening and, and feedback has always been fantastic uh, Good. Uh, as well as part of the through the liftoff film festival mm-hmm. uh, and, and their kind of network of film festivals as well uh, but I, I didn't actually get a chance to go to any of them gotcha you were uh, not jet setting around the world just going to London all these places yeah, short, short film budgets <laughs> you don't right I heard they were massive, though. They were. There, a few of them seemed (laughs) like they were pretty big, and and, I mean, we we this wasn't cheap to make, but at the same time, Mm -hmm. uh, it's still limiting in terms of what you're able to do. Uh, Of course. So it was fantastic to see this in front of an audience, and it's. I'm I'm glad that it was uh, this well received. Yeah. So Theo, you talked about him. So he is Mm -hmm. the the main actor, and so he also. He co-wrote it. He wrote the whole thing. He wrote, yeah. He wrote the the story goes like this. He wrote the uh, the initial uh, draft mm-hmm. after he moved here to Vancouver from London. Okay. Uh, he was kind of he was kind of just enamored with the city and this sense of being in this foreign area while at mm-hmm. the same time confronting a lot of like ex- existential stuff mm-hmm. he was dealing with and, and put it into. Uh, a draft and then he met up with our director of photography Sterling Bancroft and mm-hmm. they kind of started working on the script together uh, and that's when the idea of using triathlon to explore uh, a man who's really pushing himself to the limits of mm-hmm. uh, of all of his ability whether, yeah. whether mentally or physically or just a person who at his core is pushing himself to the edge that was something that we thought worked perfectly in this world of triathlon mm-hmm. and that worked beautifully with the sterling's amazing cinematography 
um, and, and all the various themes. Yeah, because this anyone who has been around endurance athletes, mm-hmm. be they marathoners or yep. triathlon or half iron, all of these things, you you cannot understand the amount of dedication that no, it takes to do something like that until incredible. you have been around it. Yeah, for sure. And and the sacrifice that was something that I really took away from this film mm-hmm. is sacrifice because when you are at that elite level regardless of the sport this one focused Definitely. on triathlon of course yep. but regardless of the sport when you are at the top of the top or trying to get to the top of the you top you sacrifice a lot yeah whether it is family yep. friendships so this film really resonated yeah that message that's great i'm well, i'm glad that you kind of got that it's interesting cuz when we were doing our research and we were talking to uh, several triathletes that mm-hmm. have been that have run Ironmans and that have kind of won awards and have reached mm. those those levels. Uh, you get these stories of like you know what it's not portrayed in the same psychodrama right. kind of setting as the film is, but you get these stories of like you know what I was I was riding my bike and I was pushing myself and I like I just I was going and I was going and I was going and then I just broke down on the side mm-hmm. of the road 50 miles out like <laughs> yep. out of nowhere and I just started bawling or like or they, like you get these stories that are incredibly personal and incredibly incredibly deep where where you people realize what it is that set them off on this journey in the first place absolutely um and it's that's kind of what we set off to explore mm-hmm. with the film i encourage anybody to mm-hmm. do it 5k 10k whatever it is <laughs> because you learn a lot about yourself oh I bet, when you when yeah. you go to those those lengths whatever they yeah. they may be especially something like an elite triathlon right so you, you have a lot of time. You've run, you've done triathlon. I have. Okay. And so with that, one of the things that is interesting about it that this film also played on mm-hmm. is that MP3 players, all of that are not allowed during triathlons. Mm-hmm. And so watching this, watching his training and just seeing the dedication, seeing that look because you have hours right, all by yourself. Right. And so, yeah, you can either go crazy with that. Mm-hmm. You can learn a lot about yourself. But yeah, like you said, riding your bike 50 miles and then suddenly just use your brain just kind of shuts off for a second yeah so and that is sometimes all it all it takes to kind of get you out of whatever rhythm you're in physically emotionally mentally yeah and when you're someone who's if you're and there's various you know what we we, there's various types of people that Mm -hmm. get into this sport or various all sorts of other sports as well for various reasons uh and when you're someone who's closed off like this character is and, and someone who's very quiet and mm-hmm. said that there aren't that many lines of dialogue throughout the whole film yeah. uh, it tends to send you on this internal journey and it sends to kind of send you spinning into whatever the chaos is and mm-hmm. whatever and it could throw you off if you're not if you don't have it in check yeah because part of one of the characters kind of motivations that I that I could feel is that mm-hmm. he was using this to kind of run away from the past to run away from past pain whatever it was Mm -hmm. whether that was current things that kind of happened in the first you know minute of the movie when he received a letter or things that happened when he was a child it was just that drive to just move forward at whatever cost exactly move forward yeah so yeah that was incredibly powerful i definitely wanted to talk about one of the scenes that was incredibly and incredibly well shot and i asked sterling about it also Mm -hmm. after the after the film 
So there's a scene in the movie where uh, Theo's character is swimming along the water and he just stops. Stops mm-hmm. in the middle of the water and he looks down and there is a possible version you know, of his younger self floating underneath of him. Mm-hmm. That shot is striking. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it was just, it was hauntingly beautiful. It was incredibly well done. And the message that it evoked of here you are, like we were saying, in the middle of things, just going about your business, trying to just run away from your past, and it is right in front of you. Mm-hmm. So that that shot was incredible. Thank you. And then I heard that there was actually a combination of a couple different shots. Is that correct? It's uh, it's so we shot that as a second unit. Um, the the DP actually on that unit was Colin Morrison, uh, and both both Sterling and Colin did a fantastic job They're absolutely incredible um and you'd think they won an award or something they, well, for sterling it. sterling yeah. was actually uh we were nominated for a few leos back in the summer and sterling oh, nice. actually won for best cinematography mm-hmm. uh and he, and he won again tonight which is mm-hmm. great yes um so that that shot was actually uh we were building it as a single shot but mm-hmm. the way the pool was constructed and the way trying to frame everything into a two four oh ratio just right. didn't <laughs> quite fit in. So mm-hmm. it's a composite, but it's basically it's the exact same shot. It's mm-hmm. the exact same timing. It, everything's just squished a little bit and hidden away. So I mean it's it's there. It's all it's all there in the moment. Um excellent. But but it needed a little bit of help. <laughs> Cinema magic, (laughs) movie magic, as as they say. (laughs) Okay. And then if people want to see this film, is it going to be released on one of your channels? Is it going to be a festival-only run for a while? So at the moment, we're still uh, doing our festival run. We are... uh, We're screening as part of the Liftoff Sale Online Film Festival. Okay. Uh, And they are... So they're screening that between February 6th and 12th gotcha. on Vimeo On Demand. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll send you the link. Yeah, absolutely. I'll encourage everybody to go check it out mm-hmm. uh, and vote. Fantastic. There's a voting component there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then do you guys have a Facebook page or Twitter page yeah, for we have, the film? Yeah, we have a Facebook twi- page. We have Twitter page. Uh, we have a website, run-film.com. Um, come check us out. Absolutely. And where can people find you? Because I'm sure that this is not the only thing you're working on. I'm <laughs> sure you have your hand in a lot of cookie jars. How can people right. get a hold of you? Uh, best way to get a hold of me is probably through Scopitone Films. Um, okay. It's www.scopitonefilms.com. Perfect. I will put that in the show notes. Perfect. So we can reach out to you. I wish you the you. best of luck in all of your festival stuff coming up. Thank you very much. The film was incredible. And again, I hope that you can hope your back does not hurt from carrying out all of your awards after tonight so (laughs) so thanks again for being on the show Ila thank you very much it was great welcome to the future everyone thank you for listening to all of those uh, interviews with the creators and now it is post festival and I just watched 28 films over a 24 hour period and it was amazing This whole Vancouver Short Film Festival experience was incredible. It was really cool to get the chance to actually be able to meet the creators, and I did not get the chance to have everybody on the podcast that I would have liked to, but it was still amazing to be able to sit down with them, 
talk about their projects in a really relaxed environment. There was an after party on Friday night. There was an after party on Saturday night. So it was a very long weekend, but it was incredible. So as I said in the beginning of this episode, which side note, as I went back to listen to that, I realized I was so excited about the festival, I could barely breathe. And before almost every sentence, it started with a big gasp of air, and then I would go into the sentence. So I apologize about that, but I was thrilled just to be doing this. So as we go on in this episode, this is the part where I'm going to talk about my favorite film from each of the four programs. Now with each of these programs, there were seven films. So I chose one that was my best of that program. And I also gave an honorable mention because there were so many amazing films. I did not just want to pick four. So technically I chose eight, but still there will be only one grand winner, I guess, question mark, uh, of my best of the Vancouver Short Film Festival. So first off, from program number one. Now, program number one was Friday night. So this was just one program that night where everyone kind of got to see this set of films, meet the creators afterwards at this awesome party that was staged at Van City Theater, the venue where they were screening all of the movies. So my favorite from program number one was Before She's Gone by Arun Fryer. Uh, You just heard them just a few minutes ago uh, on the podcast and their film even though yes we just talked about it but if you skipped ahead because you just wanted to hear my reviews of the best of the programs well here we are so this film is about the amazing love story between Arun's grandfather Stan and his wife who has been battling Alzheimer's for upwards of 17 years at this point and the amazing passion patience love and humor that they still have after all these years while dealing with this just debilitating disease or what could be a debilitating disease but they actually they found a way to still live life so we talked about it uh with Arun and Anna and Greg earlier in the episode but I just this film stuck with me So without a doubt, this was my best of in that first program. There were some great films in this first program. It was a fantastic way to kick things off for the festival. But this one for sure, before she's gone, stood out as the best of this program. My honorable mention was a little short. Of course, it was a little short. It's called a short for a reason. But it was called The Floaters. Now, The Floaters was a pure comedy. It was directed by Nick Wilson, and it tells a story of a group of lovers, we will say, who go out into the woods kind of for a weekend retreat, end up taking some drugs, and hilarity ensues. This short dealt with romance. It dealt with comedy. It dealt with just older people wanting to kind of get that escape act like they are young again, all the while realizing they are not as young as they used to be. So this movie was hilarious. So The Floaters gets my honorable mention 
for program number one. Moving right along to program number two, which is on Saturday afternoon. Now, Saturday was chock full of programs. There's a one o'clock program, a four o'clock program, and a seven o'clock program, all with seven films in them. After the seven o'clock program, there was an award ceremony, followed by an after party where some more gifts were given out, as well as an after after party after that. It was madness. Saturday was a blur of amazing films, but they were all incredible. So, my best of program number two, which is the one o'clock showing on Saturday afternoon, was a short film called Iteration One by Jesse Lupini. This film starred Catherine Isabel as Anna, who wakes up in a bed, starts to realize very quickly that, to use the quote, she is not in Kansas anymore. She is in this stark, bright white room that is visually striking right from the beginning. This film looked incredible. So she wakes up and realizes she does not know where she is, starts kind of walking around the room a little bit, then suddenly a countdown timer starts from 10 seconds. Once that 10 seconds hits zero, she dies. She just falls over and dies only to wake back up as the system voice says iteration two and this whole cycle starts over again so essentially she has 60 seconds to find a way to either live or find a way out of this room and it it was incredible it reminded me a little bit of the film from 1997 called cube that might just be because it also took place in a cube where she was trying to go from one cube to the other but still cube was a great movie 1997 this movie, Iteration 1, was fantastic. So it also kind of mixed that indie video game puzzle-solving vibe because every time she wakes up, she has to think about what she did the last time she was there. And if she stood in a certain place for a certain amount of time, it would open a door which would lead her into the next room, which has a different puzzle that she has to solve, all the while realizing she is going to die in 60 seconds every time so it was incredible I mean, she goes from fear to determination to annoyance at one point when she wakes up in bed she hears the the voice saying iteration i think it was six or seven at that point and she was like you know what forget it and just lays in bed for that 60 seconds but yeah she goes from fear determination annoyance to eventually resolve where she is like okay this is what is happening how do i move forward how do I keep going and keep fighting? So it was incredible. Catherine Isabel was phenomenal in this. I mean, like I said, she was pretty much a one-woman show doing multiple takes, multiple cuts, and just she goes and goes and goes. So huge props to her. That was my best of program number two, iteration one. My honorable mention for program number two, and this is a tough one, because this easily could have been my best of program number two, but my honorable mention goes to Run by the person you just heard recently, Ilan Zadok. This film was beautifully shot. I mean, everywhere from the underwater scenes to the forest scenes, even the shots, you know, in the physical therapy lab, like you really started to understand what this character was going through. 
what this person was going through in his pursuit to just push past the pain, to push past his own past. At a certain point, you start to realize, okay, what is he really running from? So it made you think it was absolutely gorgeous. So this is a tough one. I, I kind of went back and forth, but when I, when I thought about it some more, iteration one, maybe because it had those vibes of Cube, maybe because it had those vibes of indie video games, you know, that I like, that one took the cake. But yeah, iteration one was my best of program number two. And then down the line, the four o'clock showing, program number three. This one was, I hate to say it was an easy pick because that would mean that somehow maybe it cheapens the other films in this block. But my pro, my pick for program number three, without a doubt, was Moonshot by Matthew Lucas. Again, this film, so Matthew Lucas directed it. Luvia Peterson stars as this kind of near homeless, as they describe it in the in the material, near homeless woman in futuristic earth, just trying to get by. She is down and out and is just looking for a way to break the cycle of living on the street, looking to break the cycle of the same thing. So she sees a flyer for an advertisement that will take you to the moon. She has no idea what that will do. She has no idea if, if it is true or not, but it, it is an escape. It is something different, something to break her out of the ordinary. So she goes. So of course, she meets the the man who is responsible for this whole program, who is played by Ben Elledge. His name is Alan in the film. He is amazing. I have no idea who this guy is before. I'm sure he is well-known in the Vancouver film scene, but my first exposure to Ben Elledge is incredible, and I want to see him in every comedy. He, he was great. <laughs> so he is kind of this down-and-out factory worker in a factory where he is the only human. So in this futuristic world where, you know, man is man has been essentially replaced by a machine, he is only human, and so he has this harebrained idea to get people to the moon. It was amazing. So the two of them interact, but Ben Elledge, his interaction with his boss, who of course is a robot, is phenomenal. I really, really enjoyed that. Luvia Peterson, I mean, is a star. This woman is incredible. She can do action. She can do, you know, the jokes that were in the film. She can do serious. I was really impressed by her. This movie had like an 80s futuristic synth pop soundtrack, similar to like Daft Punk in Tron. So that immediately got me into it as well. I was really, I was just blown away by this film. I was really impressed. So without a doubt, that got my best of for program number three. My honorable mention was another comedy called Trying by Shauna Johansson. And this film revolves around a couple who is trying to have a baby. But they start to realize after, we will say, multiple failed attempts that the act of which they, that they are doing in trying to make a baby becomes a job. And it kind of takes that fun out of it. But we get to watch that fun, and it is hilarious. So that was trying. That was my honorable mention for program number three, breezing right into the evening. The last program 
of the film festival, which is the seven o'clock showing, uh, yeah, seven o'clock program on Saturday night. This one, again, I think this program, program number four, huge props to the directors of this festival, the curators, whoever was in charge of setting the programs, because program number four was solid. Really, really good. It made it really difficult to find a best of program number four because there were so many. So it was difficult. That being said, I did come up with one because I would not be doing my job if I did not, right? So my best of program number four was called The Cameraman by Connor Gaston. And I should put it out there that Connor Gaston and The Cameraman won just about every award on Saturday night. So he he took away a bunch of awards. The young actor Octavian took away an award. So it this movie got a lot of praise and it was absolutely deserved. This movie, this short film, this is a filmmaker's film. And by that, and yeah, it might sound a little cliche when I say that, but when I say filmmaker's film, I mean this this film was technically perfect. The way it was shot, the choice of shots, it was just incredible. It was a brilliant, brilliant film. And it paints the picture of a family dealing with an abusive father, as well as a sociopathic child who is kind of fascinated by chaos and carnage, meanwhile juxtaposed by his brother, who's kind of the patient and calm one I mean, the way that this director, Connor Gaston, was able to pull these performances together in such a short film and such a short period w- was incredible. It very much deserved every award that it that it received. It, I mean, it was it was just gorgeous. And both of the child actors, and this is a tough ask for for a lot of filmmakers, is to find the actors, child actors. Who can really embody the character, who can really understand what type of film the director is going for, these kids nailed it. So that was just amazing. The kids were brilliant in this. Child acting is kind of hit or miss sometimes. Understandably, they're just getting into the craft. They're just getting into this world of storytelling. And Octavian, who is the, I think, older brother, I'm not sure if they really determined which one was older. They they were about the same age. But Octavian, that young actor, is has, has a huge future. So incredible film, The Cameraman. Go and try and find it if you can. Uh, huge props. Easily the best of that program. I say easily, even though I just said it was really hard, which is very true. It has been a long weekend. I am sorry. <laughs> uh, but my honorable mention for program number four was a beautiful film called Barbarian Press by Sarah Race. And this film was about tradition and passion for a dying art form, which is hand-pressed books. I barely knew that this world existed until I saw this film, and it made me want to buy every single book that Barbarian Press puts out which is just a husband and wife team making books in a way 
that they were made 150, 200, even 250 years ago by hand cranking, by hand typing. It was a beautiful film. And it just, it, it is an insight into a world that not many people know about. And like I said, this is kind of a dying craft. This truly hand-worked piece of art in a book form. So I was thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with this film. The director, Sarah Race, her choice of shots and angles were exceptional. Especially when, at the award ceremony, we found out by her just how tight that workshop is. I mean, it is a it is a basement workshop where there is typeface from probably a hundred years ago that they have managed to acquire and use in their current printing process. So it is a tight space, but the way that Sarah was able to work the camera around that space and the angles, I was just thoroughly impressed. The only way, not the only way, another way that I was even more impressed is when I found out this was Sarah's first film. So with her first entry into this world of filmmaking, could not be impressed more. So she did an exceptional job. And especially when you think about documentary filmmaking, and I talked about before she's gone, and with this, it is another documentary. Capturing those candid moments is always that gold when working on a documentary. With Before She's Gone, Arun was able to do that because it was his family. So there was already kind of that, that familiar buffer. With Sarah, she became family. And you could tell that through her filmmaking because those candid moments that she was able to capture shows just how open and honest that family was with her and how comfortable they were with her. So you could tell that they just they made a bond and they formed a bond that was palpable. You could really see it in her film. And so the fact that a documentary filmmaker, a first-time filmmaker, was able to establish that with the audience and with those subjects was phenomenal. So yeah, that was my honorable mention for program number four, which leads me to the very difficult decision of choosing my best of the Vancouver Short Film Festival 2017 edition. Quick recap. The choices are Before She's Gone, program number one, Iteration One, program number two, Moonshot in program number three, and The Cameraman in program number four. Okay, so full disclosure, this was not an easy task. I thought it would be you know, just a fun experience up in Vancouver watching some films, which it absolutely was. Then the more I thought about it, I was like, there were some absolutely incredible films. How do I choose the best of? So what I, the way that I thought about this is I had to think about the true mark of an exceptional film is one that will stick with you. One that you will be thinking about, one that you will immediately recommend to friends and family you know for a long time down the road and that film drum roll please even though yes there's not a drum roll but use your imagination <laughs> my best of vancouver short film festival 2017 
is the film Before She's Gone by Arun Fryer, Ana Carazales. I mean, it was just incredible. This film, I mean, like I said in the interview that I had them on, the messages in this film, the feelings that were in this film are something that I will continually go back to. And so for me, I mean, and also, I mean, the director of photography, Greg Brown, his choice of shots, it was just, it was an incredible way to tell this story that can be really hard to tell and to tell it in a different way. Because we have all seen, like I mentioned, documentaries about Alzheimer's and it focuses on the patient, which granted, a lot of them should. This took a different approach of focusing on the other people, the people who support them, the people who are with them every single day. So it was just that. It was powerful. And that film will stick with me for a very, very long time. So, yeah, huge props to them, all of the filmmakers who are involved in this. And I just learned about the Crazy Eights uh, contest, I guess, production. So a lot of these films were Crazy Eight productions, which is you have eight days to shoot, edit, and submit your film, which is crazy that some of these films were able to do that because these films looked incredible. Grocery store action movie, just to throw out another one that was a Crazy Eights film. They had three days to shoot and then five days to essentially just post-process, edit, and get it done. And then there are prizes along with that. So there were so, so many amazing, beautiful works of art this weekend. So huge props to everybody who showed a film this weekend. I thoroughly enjoyed this experience, and I just I cannot wait to, to go back and see what else people are working on. So one more time, the Best of Vancouver Short Film Festival 2017 was Before She's Gone. I highly recommend you you check out that film. It is a very important film. It is a film that you should see to give yourself a better understanding of this disease. But not only that, give you a better understanding of love and passion because that is what this film was about. So Stan will stick with me forever. Arun, Anna, Greg, the work that they put into making this film was fantastic. So that about wraps it up. For this coverage of the Vancouver Short Film Festival, if you're keeping a tally of how many times I have said Vancouver Short Film Festival, I think that tally is up to like 15 or 20 at this point. So there you go. That is something. And I hope you give yourself a prize. Uh, in the midst of all of this, I could not have done this without the amazing support of Kristen Stilling, Marina Dix, who are the co-directors, Emily Weldon, who is a volunteer coordinator, she helped me out a lot this weekend as well. So huge shout out to them. And thank you especially to everybody who was on this episode. So Arun Fryer, Ana Carazales, uh, Greg Jones, Ilan Zadok. I mean, all of them were, were incredible. So thank you for taking the time to be on the show and talk about your film with me. All of them were incredible. And I said Greg Jones. I meant Greg Brown. I, I am sorry about that, Greg. You know that I love you. Uh, <laughs> and another big shout out to Van City Theater and the city of Vancouver. Van City Theater was an exceptional venue for this type of event. 
So, yeah, I'm looking forward to going back to that venue in particular. Uh, Matthew Lucas and Luvian Peterson from Moonshot. I got to hang out with them on Saturday night. Both of them are awesome. Unfortunately, I was not able to get them on the podcast, but hopefully down the road we can work on some collaboration together. The two of them were fantastic. Uh, the MCs for the weekend were Yvette Liu and David C. Jones, both of which did a fantastic job you know, orchestrating the Q&As that we had after every session, which is also really cool and really unique for a film festival to have a Q&A after each program. So the audience got to ask the program or the directors and creators and stars of the films they just watched kind of what what they thought of the process and how their inner workings were for the film. So that was really cool and it was an awesome experience. So for this episode, you have been listening to the About Treeview podcast reporting live, I will say it again, at the Vancouver Short Film Festival in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. You can find this podcast on iTunes at About to, or you can find it on iTunes at About to Review. Leave a five-star review. That would be fantastic. The podcast is also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at About to Review. Definitely hit me up. Let me know what you thought of the festival. If you were uh, one of the collaborators, if you were just someone seeing the festival, I would love to hear your thoughts on it. And you can also go to the website, abouttreeview.com, and look at the full notes about this festival. It was incredible. Uh, I mean, I will say it again. I had a blast. And I cannot wait to hopefully cover this again in the future. So for this episode, I have been your host, that guy named John. And I look forward to hearing some feedback of people who went to this festival or are interested about these films. Reach out to all of the creators. I will put all of their contact information down below. So for that, I hope you enjoyed and we will see you next time. This has been an About to Review production. Thank you to Vexing Media, who provides audio editing services. They are a graphic design, website design, and digital media company. You can find them at their website, vexingmedia.com, or on Facebook and Twitter, at Vexing Media. Vexing Media.